1: Welcome back to The Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Baudis. Growing up in school, you probably learned all about geometry, algebra, parallelograms, concepts that you probably most likely never used later in life. And if you're anything like the average person, 10 years down the road, you likely found yourself clueless when it comes to important financial moves, such as doing taxes, investing in stocks, or saving or spending your money. People often view the world of Wall Street uh, and finance as trapped in an ivory tower, inaccessible and out of reach for most Most of what we know about Wall Street we learn from movies, which idolize the complex jobs of bankers, hotshot investors, and shady financiers. This creates a fear that deters many from even entering into the arena. That's why today's guest, Brian Curcio, and his high school best friend developed Rapunzel, a financial literacy ed tech tool to revolutionize how we teach students about investing and to provide equitable access to high-quality, project-based learning tools for student access across the country. The aim of the EdTech program is to simplify finance and level the playing field for regular people. Today, Brian joins me to dispel common fears, myths, and misconceptions about finance, while inv- inviting others to take back control of their financial futures. Brian, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me.
1: So, I'm excited to talk about today's topic. Financial literacy is definitely a passion of mine, and it's gotten a little bit better where schools teach it. but. A lot of times what we know about finance comes from our parents and our parents have, some have good habits, some have bad habits, and we learn good things or learn bad things. So I think it's a it's a great topic. I think it needs to be more widespread. How did you get started off in, in financial literacy?
2: Oh, well, that's, that's a long question. So back um, freshman year of high school, um, I met my current co-founder, Miles Gage. Our lockers were about four apart um, in the hallway. We were new kids, freshman year of high school. And- both of us were really interested in investing and our freshman year aligned with 2008 and the financial crisis. So there was a lot to talk about. Um, it never really at that point in time, we weren't interested in financial literacy as much as working on Wall Street. And um, we stayed in contact. And then during our senior year of college, Robin Hood started to gain a lot of popularity And we saw a lot of our friends kind of gravitating towards investing, many for the first time. And they didn't really have the tools or understanding to do it effectively. And so that was where we came up with the idea of Rapunzel, where students could simulate $10,000 stock and crypto portfolios in real time and then enter those portfolios into national scholarship competitions, uh, really just trying to provide kind of a risk-free uh, arena for people to get their feet wet investing before risking their own money.
1: And this was in high school, you said, or, or college?
2: This was senior year of college. We started. College, okay. Yeah. And then in 2018, after graduating, we did our first uh, scholarship competition in Chicago, where we ended up driving to about 150 high schools and presenting to the students.
1: So maybe you can walk me through what what is like a scholarship competition look like?
2: Yeah. So essentially every student starts with $10,000 and then they're able to buy and sell companies as if they had a real live portfolio. And then the competition essentially tracks every student's portfolio performance from a certain start date to end date. And then the students who uh, earn the most in their portfolios end up receiving scholarships paid into 529 savings accounts.
1: Oh, cool. What age is it like? Geared to, like, to participate uh, in this? Geared to, in like, middle
2: and, middle and high school students. Okay. Um, but the app is free for anyone to use, so anyone can kind of get started and play with the simulator, but the scholarships are just for middle and high school.
1: Who from the school was kind of spearheading it?
2: Uh, typically, it was the teachers or the counselors, but everyone kind of in the education system is so busy that a lot of the times we found that emailing wasn't necessarily the most effective. Whereas if we just started showing up to schools and saying we're here and we can teach your kids about finance today, that was effective um, kind of pre-COVID. And then during COVID, I think there was a much greater willingness to start adopting technology in the classroom. And so it's been a lot easier kind of getting more teachers signed up since then.
1: Do the teachers, do they have... Leeway where they can, if this is a tool that they think is beneficial, because I know a lot of times they have to follow like a set curriculum. But do they have the ability to kind of, or do all teachers, or is it public school versus private school, do they have the ability to kind of uh, implement this program?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, there is a public private distinction, I think, that the larger public districts take longer to adopt. But fortunately, there is some flexibility on the teacher side that, um, I'm not sure if it's technically within the rules, but there's teachers that have recognized, oh, this scholarship would benefit my students. And we've been able to kind of circumvent a lot of the bureaucracy by having a mobile app for the kids. But yeah, I think that a challenge, not just for us, but I think the whole education space is seeing is that these larger districts, it's really hard to get them to move with new technology and adopt new programs. And that's part of the challenge of why there's so little innovation in the education space is that things just take a really long time.
1: And then how is it implemented? Is it kind of, all right, here's the app go to work or is there kind of like, is the teacher part of the education experience with this?
2: Yeah, there's a couple tracks. There's definitely ways where the students learn on their own and we've embedded curriculum into the actual simulator but there is a full semester-long course as well that kind of supports a teacher or a parent interested in teaching their kids about it. And then we've provided professional development, kind of just like workshops, to get teachers or parents feeling more comfortable and familiar teaching this to their kids. Can we go
1: over the curriculum? Like, what are the different topics? Or in like that semester-long curriculum, what, what is actually being taught?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really everything that you would expect in a personal finance curriculum. So you start budgeting and saving all the way through credit cards, retirement, um, building generational wealth um, with investing. But what we've tried to do is throughout the curriculum, taking a lens of much more empowering students versus telling them what they shouldn't do. So typically we've seen curriculums will teach interest rates through credit cards. Um, And there's a lot more opportunities to kind of teach that through building generational wealth or like compound interest. And so just kind of trying to give students the reins and let them understand that one day they will be investors and kind of understanding what to do with their money is where we've really tried to emphasize more throughout the curriculum.
1: And how do you do it? Is it videos? Are they reading things? Are they actually doing different exercises?
2: Total multimedia. So they're kind of simulating um, their portfolio, and then we have videos and presentations for teachers, and then there's kind of in-class activities and digital assessments through the app as well.
1: And then what about the – because like I mentioned, a lot of the education comes from parents. How can they get involved? Is there a, I guess, a non – like through the education system, a non – is there a way that parents can just download the app or utilize the app?
2: Yeah. So we're still working out right now. I mean, kids can download the app and kind of use the curriculum and parents could download it alongside them. We're working on building out a solution for kind of parents to access the curriculum the same way educators do so that they can kind of be bringing it kind of directly in the home as well.
1: So let's go over the, I guess, the actual, the, the competition or the the investing portion of it. So you said they, in the competition, they get $10,000. Can they do, or are they taught how to do research or how to look up different specifics about companies? And is that all done through the platform?
2: Yeah, so that's all embedded in the app. And kind of we have a bunch of analytics data from Morningstar, NASDAQ, and then Benzinga streams through with kind of company news. So there's a lot of information in the app that kind of guides students through smart investment decisions and then also different guardrails where you can't over allocate into one position and put all your money into one stock, um, tries to encourage you to kind of diversify across industries as well. So trying to teach students to build balanced portfolios versus just winning the competition.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you have more, was that the one competition or do you, do you have more periodic competition?
2: Yeah. So we run competitions all the time. So there's a scholarship competition for middle and high school that starts in January. And so we've had students kind of already begin signing up for that. And then we're also currently running a scholarship with the Historically Black Colleges that started in October and should wrap up around April.
1: Going back to the educators, does the curriculum meet like state or national standards?
2: Yeah, so we aligned it firstly with uh, Jumpstart and CEE's national standards. And then just being mindful, I think there's already... 27 states that require financial literacy as a high school graduation requirement. And so we've taken the curriculum as well and aligned it to each of those state standards just to ensure that kind of when we're talking to schools, they know that they're satisfying the requirements as well as kind of teaching kids these important life skills.
1: I'm outside of the education industry. You're, you're more in tune. Is it getting better? Like I remember when I was in school, there, there was very little like financial literacy courses are you seeing like an improvement or is it still a long way to go to to get better
2: yeah i mean i'm i think i'm seeing improvement i think seeing schools begin to start teaching it's really helpful i think teaching it in high school is a little too late and particularly with a lot of the numbers coming out with students math achievement in middle school i think that we're running into a problem where high schoolers don't have kind of those foundational math skills necessary to be certified as financially literate, but I think that schools are recognizing that as well. So as we keep just kind of bringing financial literacy, both into the high school and middle school side, I'm optimistic. At least we're talking about it now.
1: What's the youngest you've seen someone kind of go through the curriculum and kind of grasp the concept concepts in it?
2: Uh, we did a program with a fifth grade class and that went pretty well. It really just depends where students math aptitudes at, um, if they kind of are in an accelerated math track, they can engage because a lot of this is just like an applied math class. Typically in kind of larger districts we're seeing it in like ninth, 10th grade is where it, the best outcomes are happening.
1: Do you have one curriculum or is it, all right, this is the curriculum for seventh graders. This is the one for ninth graders or 11th eleventh grade.
2: Yeah. So it's split out by grade. And so each the curriculum is really modular. So there's a way you can kind of, pick and create a course. So if you know that the students are going to have four years of financial literacy, you can kind of scaffold building, starting with saving and budgeting and then grow into investing. Or if you only have one semester to teach financial literacy, you can kind of cover the hot topics and cover investing, cover insurance, and just don't go as deep on them.
1: What do you see next just in general in financial education?
2: It's definitely going to start moving younger and trying to do financial literacy in middle school. And I think there's still about half the states don't have a financial literacy mandate. So I think that in the next couple of years, we're going to start seeing every high school kid across the country will have to take some sort of financial education uh, in order to graduate, which makes sense. Everyone has to pay taxes. So it kind of makes sense to teach kids about them.
1: Right. And what do you see coming down the road for, for the, your platform?
2: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is kind of taking that dashboard and expanding it so that it's more uh, suitable for parents. And so building out a community for homeschools and microschools to be sharing best practices with the curriculum and kind of supporting third party curriculum as well so that there's a more unified kind of teaching experience, I think.
1: Can anyone use your app or do you have to be connected to a school
2: Yeah. So the app's totally free to download um, and anyone can use it. The way we verify if students are eligible for scholarships is using their school email addresses. So um, in order to be eligible for a scholarship, we kind of need to connect with the school just to ensure that we can register them correctly. Yeah.
1: Well, we're just about out of time. Brian, I want to thank you for being on the show today. You gave some great advice on financial literacy, uh, how Rapunzel can help with that. How best can people find out more about you and Rapunzel?
2: Yeah. So the easiest way is to just go to uh, rapunzel.com, R-A-P-U-N-Z-L. There's a ton of information there about the app, the educator portal, and there's a way you can reach out so we can kind of provide more resources if you're interested in getting your kids signed up.
1: Great. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Thanks again, Brian. And thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Don't forget to follow the agent of wealth on the platform you listen from and leave us a review of the show. We're currently accepting new clients, and if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one consultation with our advisors, please do so at boutusfinancial.com backslash call.
0: Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Bautus Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.